Marcheseau slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back, Zadonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Rolling along, hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on a Monday. Oh boy. Oh boy, it happens. Uh, listen, there are some times where you start to see news trickle in about a potential trade. And that it's getting closer and closer. The expectation is that it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, things kind of fizzle out. And ordinarily speaking, it happens more often than not with the Ottawa Senators. Now, it worked to their favor last week with Matt Murray vetoing a trade to the Buffalo Sabres. However, Matt Murray, a shrewd general manager as he is, did not veto this trade. Here it is. This is the trade. We have a trade to announce. Picture me saying that in Gary Bettman's voice. The Ottawa Senators have traded Matt Murray, a 2023 third-round pick, and a 2024 seventh-round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs for future considerations and more or less 25% of Matt Murray's salary cap hit being retained by the Ottawa Senators. So Matt Murray, 25% salary retained to the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 2023rd third round pick, a 2024 seventh round pick for future considerations. Like this is the thing with trades that I'm always really interested about. Future considerations blow me away. Future considerations could be anything. We have no idea what they are. Eventually, it'll come out. Eventually, we'll find out. Eventually, we'll be able to look back on the trade and say, well, it worked out for one team or the other. But like future consider, there's no way of handicapping what future considerations are going to be. That all being said, what are the Maple Leafs thinking here? I'm not one to give up on a goaltender, ever. When I look at goaltending objectively, who knows what you're going to get? Outside of Andre Vasilevsky, outside of Igor Shosturkin, outside of the top 1% of the one percenters that are already in the NHL, you have no idea what you're going to get when it comes to goalies. No clue. Which is why, for a period of time, early in his career, Matt Murray was the guy. He was the man. He was the player that came in and delivered two Stanley Cups to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I know that that's likely going to ruffle some feathers because of the guy that he took playing time away from in Marc-Andre Fleury. But the fact of the matter is, when you look back at the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup in 2016 and 2017, that doesn't happen without Matt Murray. They do not win those Stanley Cups without Matt Murray, and I guess that's the biggest question here. Matt Murray had immediate and impactful 
success at the NHL level breaking in. 21, 22, two-time Stanley Cup champion. He won two Stanley Cups before he concluded his rookie season in the NHL. Meteoric rise. And you're always chasing that. And I'd argue to a degree, it's something that fans know all too well here in Vegas. Because when you go to the Stanley Cup Final year one, all the other success that you have feels less in comparison to that. Because it's not the Stanley Cup Final. It's not a championship. It's not the type of success that you enjoyed right out of the gate. And so the question right now for me, and I recognize that I said I'm not going to give up on a goalie. I know that I said that there are ebbs and flows to the position that just simply make no sense on a given time frame year to year. It, it is it is absolute crapshoot when it comes to projecting goaltending. But at 27 years old, it's not so much who he is as a goalie. Can he stay healthy? And I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs did their due diligence here. I know that this is a team that's not going to go and make a trade and say goodbye because that's what this means. It's saying goodbye to Jack Campbell. Make no mistake about it. The Toronto Maple Leafs have chosen Matt Murray over Jack Campbell. There will not be a Matt Murray-Jack Campbell tandem. And we'll we'll talk about what that means for the goalie trajectory heading into free agency. But they have chosen Matt Murray at 27 years old with two Stanley Cups that happened almost seven years ago over a guy that was an all-star for them last year and a guy that was not the reason they lost in the first round to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I don't know that he's going to play more than 35 games next year. Because when you look at Matt Murray's career over the last three seasons, he has topped out at 38 games just one time. Just one time. If he is your starting goaltender, you need more than 38 games. And the question that I have when it comes to Matt Murray isn't about whether or not he can be a number one. It isn't about whether or not he can recapture the form that he had his first two years in the league. It's not about any of that. I don't think that he's going to be able to play enough games to justify the cap hit. I don't think he's going to be able to to play enough games to justify being the number one. And frankly, I just don't understand why you'd go down that well. Outside of the fact that Kyle Dubas is familiar with him. Kyle Dubas had him in, in junior, and that's what tends to happen in this league. You trust what you trust, and if you've got trust in the player, you go out there and you make the move. I know I joked earlier on in the show, tongue-in-cheek as it was, that Matt Murray has never lost a Game 7. And that is indeed true. He has never lost a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Granted, he's only played in two of them, but he's never lost a Game 7. And his numbers are pristine. They're sparkling in a Game 7. Ironically enough... If you dial it back to 2015-16, which is when Matt Murray made his debut in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs have never won a Game 7 in that time span. So even if things don't work out in the regular season, even if you're going to look at it and Matt Murray has injury issues, even if he only plays 38, 37, 35 games in the regular season, 
there's enough talent with the Maple Leafs. There's enough defensive responsibility to get themselves into the playoffs. And maybe, just maybe, that's what it is for Matt Murray. Maybe this is a goalie that, like Jordan Binnington, and I feel like this comparison makes a lot of sense given what we've seen out of Binnington, the regular season is a struggle. When you're a goalie that raises the bar, when you are a guy that finds that next gear when things matter most, maybe you don't have success in the regular season because it's just not on your radar. It's just not what gets the juices flowing for you. And maybe it's just about getting Matt Murray healthy enough, peaked enough over the over the finish line enough into the playoffs where he can actually make a difference for you. Because the fact of the matter is, we're going to look at this trade, and as much as this is about the Toronto Maple Leafs making a decision on their goaltender, as much as this is about trading for a guy that you believe in from way back when, as much as you believe that Matt Murray is going to be able to give you the type of goaltending you need in the regular season, who cares about the regular season if you're Toronto? Who cares. It doesn't matter. Nobody is going to say anything positive about Toronto until they win four out of seven in the playoffs. And if you believe Matt Murray is just that type of competitive goaltender, just that kind of guy that gets into that pressure pack situation and delivers, then you make the deal. I don't like it. If I'm looking at this objectively as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, I don't like this trade. I like Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell was fantastic last year. I don't put any of the blame on the loss to Tampa on Jack Campbell. But the fact of the matter is, Matt Murray's got two Stanley Cups. Jack Campbell, he doesn't. Matt Murray might be the difference maker. You got 82 games to find out if he can get healthy enough or be healthy enough to be your game one starter in the playoffs. You got to get there. I don't think they'll have an issue in Toronto getting there. But if Matt Murray's the difference maker, Kyle Dubas looks like a genius. If he isn't, oh boy, be ready. Especially if Jack Campbell goes on to do great things. And I just want to live in chaos for a moment, if you'll indulge me. I have never wanted Jack Campbell to go to a team more than I want Jack Campbell to be an Edmonton Oiler. I've never wanted a player to go to an organization in Edmonton more than I want Jack Campbell to be that guy right now. Because that is the comparison. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. Mitch Marner, Leon Dreisaitl. Morgan Riley, Darnell Nurse. The parallels between Edmonton and Toronto are many. And yet the Edmonton Oilers continue to find more success, ironically enough, than the Toronto Maple Leafs do. When I'd argue Toronto's got a better team. So I want to see... Matt Murray in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jack Campbell with the Edmonton Oilers. And we'll see which goaltender delivers when it matters most. We'll see which guy has the ability to bring his team to unparalleled success. Hey, call back to the Ottawa Senators because they're involved in this somehow. 
I cannot wait to see what Matt Murray is able to do with Toronto. But more than anything else, I don't question the, the talent. I don't question the ability of Matt Murray. I question the durability. I question whether or not he's going to be able to play enough meaningful games in the regular season to be a difference maker in the playoffs. But now, everything's on the line for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Everything hinges on Matt Murray. And I don't know about you, Chapman. I wouldn't be very, very, very comfortable if everything that I'm trying for, moving for, striving for is resting in the lap of Matt Murray. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there because I feel like the ship has kind of sailed on Matt Murray. Uh, as you mentioned, he only played 20 games last season, so certainly not a, uh, a guy who appears to be uh, in, in the fullest of health. Uh, look, I mean, Jack Campbell, he, he's, he's a conundrum as well because he's 30, and he doesn't have a ton of NHL starts under his belt. So I'll be honest, though. I, I think if I'm Toronto, I would have stuck with Campbell. Like, I don't see – I didn't see Jack Campbell as an issue for this team. Like, like I don't think Jack Campbell was a problem for Toronto. I mean, the guy was an all-star. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, that alone tells you that, that the guy is certainly a, a very good NHL goalie. I, I, I guess it kind of goes back to what you were saying about familiarity and Kyle Dubas knows Matt Murray going way back. But, I mean, let, let's be honest. Kyle Dubas's job may hinge mm-hmm. on how well it, this trade works out. And if it's a complete disaster, me, Kyle Dubas is probably unemployed. Let me Let me stop you absolutely hinges on this deal working out. If if Matt Murray is unable to play to a high, high caliber for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and again, I'm not talking about the regular season. Like, he's got to play. He's got to be in games. I'd love to see a bounce-back year in terms of health and games played for Matt Murray. That'd be awesome. It really, really, truly would. It truly would. But... If he doesn't, like, if you're in this position again next season, Chapman, where you have lost in game seven in the first round again, and you brought in the guy that you believed was going to be a difference maker, it's done. It's over. You cannot keep banging your head against the wall with the same core, with the general manager that is continuing to make moves like this. This is not all that different from the Peter Morazic move. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing with Murray you look at his numbers. He really hasn't had a good season in in since 2018-19. And even mm-hmm. before that, he he was good. He was really good before that, but after that season in Pittsburgh 18-19, his numbers have really gone in the tube. I mean, he he's had last year was the only season since then that he had a a a, a save percentage above above 9 because the two previous seasons he was 8-9-3 and 8-9-9. I mean, I'm not looking at that guy and saying yeah, this is the guy that's going to lead my team to a cup. Just because he's done it in the past, I mean, he's not old, right? I mean, he's certainly, uh, 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 he's only 28. So you, you'd hope that maybe he recaptures some of the the the, uh, the lightning in a bottle that he had earlier in his career when he helped Pittsburgh win multiple cups. But I I don't know. The, the sample size from the last couple of seasons tells me, A, I don't know if I can rely on him to be healthy, 
And B, even when he's healthy, I don't know if he's good enough goalie to lead me to the Stanley Cup. I mean, is the goal to win the Stanley Cup or is the goal to just make it out of the first round? Because Matt Murray probably will help you get out of the first round. I just don't know if Matt Murray's good Ooh, enough to help you win. <laughs> well, like you said, he, he, he's got he's got the the, the the seven or game seven on his side, but maybe they lose in six, but uh, never gets to seven. But I, I I think it's a move where where it leaves me wondering why, like why are you making this move? Where yeah, it's great. Ottawa retained about one and a half million dollars of salary. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm guessing you you probably could have gotten Jack Campbell right around that same price. It, it sounds to me like they just didn't want Jack Campbell. Well, I I think if you're looking at it from from if you're being objective here and you're looking at it from Jack Campbell's perspective, maybe you get him at four million dollars, right? But you're not getting him for two years at four million dollars. No, like no. if I'm if I'm Jack Campbell, right? I'm coming off of an All Star caliber year. I want as much security and as big a paycheck as I can possibly get. He's earned that right. Yeah. He has. Yeah. So if I'm Jack Campbell, I want four to four to six years. I want term. Well, yeah. You and know, this like, is probably want, it's probably the last contract Jack Campbell's going to sign. So so I think that the, I think the issue for Toronto is if you don't believe in Jack Campbell beyond one or two years. And you've got a guy that's looking for four to six. You can't. You can't go down that direction. You just can't. And and I don't think it's the right move because I, I do. I do look at Jack Campbell as a viable option. I I understand not wanting to go super long term with it, but I I think that they're doubling down on the ability of of, of Matt Murray to kind of spring back to form. You know, six years later. And be a difference maker six years later, and maybe it'll happen. You know, it'll be it, it would be the greatest thing in the world for the for the individual player Matt Murray, who who didn't ask for the start to his career that he got. Like that's that's always the thing that's kind of lost in this, right? Like you've got a player who just went about his business and played and didn't know any better, and won two Stanley Cups. His first taste of NHL action is only success. And you're chasing that for the rest of your career. Every single thing Matt Murray's ever going to do in his career is not going to be anywhere close to the echelon he was on in his first two years. And like that's got to be a very, very difficult thing to do as a human being. To internalize that no matter what you do from here on out, it's never going to be as good as what you did in your first two seasons. Yeah, I, I think there's that thing of maybe hitting your, your your life peak at at a really young age. I mean, let's be honest. There there there's nothing better than winning the Stanley Cup in hockey. And to do it twice at such a young age and then spend the rest of your career trying to chase that, it, it does have to be tough. And and then you factor in the injuries. It's gotta be mentally draining to be in, in, in Matt Murray's position. I mean, look, I, I, I hope he, he rebounds because I'd like to see the Leafs actually and, and Austin Matthews and, and, and Mitch Marner. I'd like to see those guys make a run. I'd like to see the city of Toronto for the first time in, in, in a really, really long time since Felix Potvin was there. I'd like to see them make a run and, and, and because it's it's the number one market for our sport. It's it's the city where, where it's the heartbeat of the NHL. And when the Leafs make a run like that, I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, 
it was so incredible the way there was the buzz about the Toronto Maple Leafs being that good. So I'd, I'd love to see Matt Murray recapture that and be that guy again. I just don't know if I trust it. This is all in for Kyle Dubas. Um, Pierre Dorian, once again, offloads a contract and doesn't have to 14. retain 50% of the salary. Like, I am finding myself constantly surprised by Pierre Dorian. I don't like it. I don't know how to feel about it. But how in the world did Kyle Dubas not find a way to get 50% salary retained? Well, especially when you consider what was what was agreed to just a couple days ago, and then it was nixed right. by by Matt Murray. Uh, I maybe maybe Dubas just wanted him so bad that that he was willing to not. I mean, he got two picks out of the deal, a third and a, mm-hmm. and a seventh. I mean, who cares about the seventh, right? I mean, you're you're probably yeah. the, the 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 odds say you're not drafting a star player or even an NHL player in the seventh round. I mean, Joe Pavelski is obviously an exception to that rule, but in, in general, seventh round pick is is not anything that's that's earth shattering. So, in reality, you only got a third pick or third round pick, and you're only retaining or Ottawa's only retaining twenty five percent of the salary. I I don't know how he doesn't at least pull off what 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 the trade for Buffalo was. I mean, is it because it's post draft? I, I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. It I don't understand how. Uh, the Sabres and Kevin Adams, who who we spent a good portion making fun of, how he's able to get a better deal than Kyle Dubas. Well, I mean, he had a first-round pick, right, that he was willing to, to kind of play around with there. So, I listen, it is what it is. Kyle Dubas is all in. The Toronto Maple Leafs have to be all in. There will not be another summer of Kyle Dubas if – Toronto doesn't win something. And I'm not even talking about a first-round playoff matchup. I I mean, you go all in, maybe you let them ride out the Matt Murray contract. I don't think so. Uh, If Toronto doesn't win a Stanley Cup, I think think the experiment there is done. And and I I find this really funny, Chapman, because (laughs) you, you see a player that just got traded. And there's, there's a brilliant feature on Cat Friendly where if you go to Cat Friendly and you scroll down, they, they give you, obviously, the you know unrestricted free agents. They, they, they tell you about the, the different signings that happen. And then before you get to each team's individual cap space, in which you know Vegas and Tampa are at, right at the top, um, they give you popular buyouts where you can go in and you can start selecting and finding out what it would be to buy out a certain contract with their buyout calculator. Do you want to know the name at the top of the list for popular buyouts? No, what is it? It's Matt Murray. (laughs) This was a player staring down a potential buyout. Pierre Dorian finds a way to trade him to Toronto without retaining... 50% 50% of the salary, and now Kyle Dubas, all of his chips, everything that the Toronto Maple Leafs want to accomplish is on the shoulders of Matt Murray having a bounce-back year, not just in terms of how he plays on the ice, but injuries as well. It's going to be fascinating. Toronto, I'll give them not, I'll give them something. They are never boring. Never, ever, ever boring. We'll see what happens. We come back. 
We'll get into one-timers. There's a lot. Trust me, we're not going to get to it all, but that's the brilliance of, uh, brilliance of having an entire week here on the VGK Insider Show. We're going to get that, I swear, coming up next on the other side of the break. It's the VGK Insider Show. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it is worth mentioning. We're going to get into it tomorrow. As in-depth as we possibly can. Unless, you know, Toronto trades for another goalie. Um, Evgeny Malkin is set to hit free agency. It was reported earlier today by Darren Dreger that Evgeny Malkin is set to test the open waters. I'm really intrigued by this. Like, when the Penguins were able to come to an agreement with Chris Letang, I just kind of felt like it was a default setting that they'd figure it out for Malkin, and you would have career Penguins in Crosby, Malkin, and Letang, but I don't think that... that I don't think it's going to happen. I think Malkin deciding today that he's going to get to free agency for the first time in his career. He's going to test the market and see what's out there for his services. I don't think Evgeny Malkin's going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. I don't think he's a career Penguin. Yeah. Which uh, is ridiculous when you think about the fact that he's won three Stanley Cups. He's been as big, if not an equal part of what Crosby, Latang, and Malkin have been able to do in Pittsburgh. This is a missed opportunity for me. Well, yeah, I mean, and and he is a guy who, aside from the Stanley Cups, he he, he won a Conn Smythe, he won the Art Ross, he won a Hart Trophy. So, I mean, this is a guy who who certainly, in his prime, was one of, if not the very best player in the world. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. I, it, it's it's one of those things. I mean, it's the business aspect of it, unfortunately. My guess is it's probably mutual because Malkin probably wants more money than the Penguins are willing to offer, and the Penguins are probably like, "Look, if someone's going to give that to you, then then good luck." But it, so it is a bit it, it is a bit like the end of an era, though. If, if it does turn out that he ends up walking, I don't want to get to it today. I want you to think about this tonight. It's homework assignment for Chris Chapman. <laughs> I want you to come up with the three or four best destinations for Evgeny Malkin. There are some that are funny. There are some that would be downright weird. But there are probably three or four out there that stand above the rest. I want you to come to the show tomorrow when we spend a little bit more time, longer form on Evgeny Malkin going to market. I want you to come up with your three to four top destinations for Evgeny Malkin. Can you okay. do that? Yes, yes. I have one right off the top of my head. Okay. So, yes, yes, I, I I can do that. Yeah, yeah, save it, save it, save it. We're not doing it today. No, no, I, 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 I'm we'll good. It, I'll put we'll it away it in the uh, the brain and, and be ready to roll tomorrow. Uh, why don't you write it down? <laughs> Probably not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, write, write it down. Uh, so the Colorado Avalanche have inked their new goaltender, Alexander Georgiev. Uh, they, they traded for Georgiev. Obviously, at the NHL draft last week, they signed Georgiev to a three-year, $3.4 million deal. So, you've got Georgiev, you've got Fransos. Collective cap hit there is 
about five and a half million dollars. Are you are you okay with three by three point four for uh, for Alexander Georgiev? Yeah, seems like a fair price. I mean, he's he's going to be a really good backup, uh, assuming that Pavel Francouz ends up being the number one. But yeah, I mean, look, I I think I think Georgiev is a really good goalie. I mean, he's a guy I wouldn't have minded mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Vegas going out and trying to get to be their number two. So I think the money's probably right. And this is a team that has a, a, some extra money. You know, the, the, the cap has, has been very good to them. They certainly have the ability to uh, to go out and, and, and maybe pay a guy a little bit more. Look, you traded for him, so certainly they thought pretty highly of him. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's about right. Okay, so a couple of things related to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the Avalanche have promoted Chris McFarland to general manager. They've named Joe Sackick president of hockey operations. Uh, McFarland was drawing interest from other teams to interview for vacant uh, positions. And rather than grant the permission, they just pushed him up the uh, up, up the promotional ladder from assistant to G- GM to GM. Joe Sackick now president of hockey operations. Like, I don't think that there's going to be much of a change in terms of day-to-day uh, decision-making. As, as a president of hockey operations, you have final say in all this stuff anyway. Um, but it'll, it'll give... Joe Sackick some time to maybe not work the phones and maybe other general managers in the league a little bit of of, of, a a breather from having to deal with Joe Sackick but here's the other bit of news when it comes to the the Colorado Avalanche because you said they've got some wiggle room with the cap and that is technically true but also not really Um, the Colorado Avalanche have re-signed Val Nachuskin to an eight year deal Average annual value six point one two five million dollars. So eight by six by six point one two five for Val Nichuskin was an absolute beast in the playoffs. They do not win Stanley Cups or they do not win the Stanley Cup without Val Nichuskin. So like on the surface, I get the contract. I do. However, when you view it through the lens of fourteen fifteen million dollars in in cap space left and still some decisions that need to be made for the Colorado Avalanche in, you know, Arturi Lekkinen and Andre Burakovsky and Nazem Kadri. That's the, the big one for me. Like, there there are questions about what the Colorado Avalanche are going to look like, and the fact that that Nechuskin contract is going to kick in and take a considerable amount of the money that they had on the table and, and available to sign free agents to that's that's a big commitment to the player. Well, yeah, and and you also have to look ahead a little bit because next year the big one becomes mm. a potential UFA. So you're going to have to make sure that you've got money put away to be able to sign Nathan McKinnon because obviously mm. you would not want to be in a situation where Nathan McKinnon is looking to sign a new deal and you don't have the money to pay him. So uh, it's not just a 22-23 a thing for... Colorado Avalanche, they have to look ahead a little bit and say, all right, well, we have to make sure that the money is here because there's not a ton coming off next year. Uh, JT Comfer is also a UFA at the end of next season. So some decisions will have to be made and, uh, you know, could could be a factor in whether or not they bring back Burakovsky and Lekin. So here's what's funny. Like, I... I, I I'm telling you right now, I find this to be hysterical. Next season, Nathan McKinnon 
will make just $175,000 more than Val Nachuskin. <laughs> like, as, as much as we talk about Nathan McKinnon and kind of, like, you know, sit there and say, um, okay, listen, Nathan McKinnon's kind of intense. He's, he's that guy that, that never cuts his teammates any slack or whatever. Like, this contract that Nathan McKinnon is playing on is one of the most ridiculously underpaid contracts in the league. Like, Brad Marchand's been on one of those contracts. Nathan McKinnon is criminally underpaid. Criminally underpaid. Yeah, Love I mean, you, you know yeah, I mean? no, yeah. no, I mean, he, he signed that deal back in 2016-17. So, um, you know, obviously it's one of those situations where uh, at the time, I, I think when you look at his career numbers, maybe maybe he had underachieved a little bit when he signed mm-hmm. that yeah. deal. So, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's not too uh, crazy to, to, to go back and say, oh, yeah, well, at the time. But right now, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's like criminally is a good word. Because he he's uh, a, a very important player on a, on the best team in the league, and uh, we will see. I mean, I I I know you've kind of leaned towards he'll take the discount. I don't know. It's it's probably the last big contract he signs. So, uh, yeah. it's I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, right? Like I want to play this season first, but it's already something to look mm-hmm. forward to for next summer. Oh, I, I think that gets done before next summer. We'll we'll find out. We'll see when we get there, but it'll likely get done before next summer. Okay, I, I swear, this is not a drag the Chicago Blackhawks through the mud show. Um, like we've been accused <laughs> We can of, do a of, whole show of that. <laughs> we've been accused before of, of kind of fixating on a topic, and, and I'm sorry, like I can't help myself in this situation. I am... Um, I am I am fixated on the Chicago Blackhawks because I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's It's ridiculous to me but speaking of qualifying offers and restricted free agents uh the only two restricted free agents that chicago extended qualifying offers to are caleb jones and philip kurishev what does that mean chapman well i'll tell you it means that they have not tendered qualifying offers to dylan strom or dominic kubalik both of those guys will hit the market as free agents. And again, like we're not talking about absolute dominant players and Dominic Kubalik or uh or or Dylan Strom. But we're talking about young players that are pretty good. Like Kubalik has scored 62 goals in 202 games. He's 26 years old. He's a little bit older. Like eh, fine, but Someone's got to play for you next year, right? Like, somebody has to play for the Chicago Blackhawks next year. And if you continue to trade and or not qualify your younger players that can actually play, what are you doing? Well, let's, let's look at it this way, Ryan. So, the Blackhawks last year, of their top eight point players... Mm-hmm. To it, mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Dylan Strome, probably gone. Mm-hmm. Dominic Kubalik, probably gone. Kirby Doc, gone. That doesn't even factor in the fact that Patrick Kane is probably on his way out. He should be. And 
That would leave Jonathan Taze, Brandon Hagel, and Seth Jones. Mm, and, and, and the thing is, no, Brandon like, Hagel, Brandon Brandon Hagel's not on the team. That's right, he's gone too. Yeah, straight into Tampa. Straight, what are you talking right. about? <laughs> so, so how? So you took all those points away from from the Blackhawks, and and mm-hmm. you have three guys, three guys, and two of them are probably on their way out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kane and Taves. I'm just going to read you the depth chart on Cat Friendly right now for the Chicago Blackhawks. You ready? Yes. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Tyler Johnson. Eh, okay. Who? Who? Did he Lafferty. have the, the serious surgery? Right. Like Tyler Johnson. He he had. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Sam Lafferty, Lucas Reichel, and Mackenzie McKenzie Entwistle. There you go. No relation to to. The bass player from the Who, John Entwistle, by the way. Maybe he is. I don't know. Oh, and I, how could I forget? How could I forget Peter Morazic? Oh, boy. All right. Well, uh, speaking of a team that all of a sudden doesn't have any goaltenders. No, seriously, they don't. They like legitimately do not have any goalies. <laughs> this is great. Uh, the Washington Capitals, at the, tr- at the draft, traded Vitek Vanacek to the New Jersey Devils. And then subsequently today did not extend a qualifying offer to goaltender Ilya Samsonov. So, the Washington Capitals quite literally do not have a goalie. Yeah, it's, it's funny. And and when you look at the, the free agent goalies, I mean, they better hope mm-hmm. that they're able to sign Darcy Kemper or, or potentially Jack Campbell because mm-hmm. when you look at some of the other names that are out there, I mean, I like Thomas Grice. I don't know if he's a, a full-time number one goalie. He's probably a backup. I mean, there's a lot of backups on the market. There's not a lot of starters. Halak, Corey Schneider, Martin Jones. You want Martin Jones? David Riddick? Come on. I. The funny thing is, both of these guys that 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 they traded away. Like, remember with Vanacek, he was selected by Seattle in the expansion draft, and then the Capitals traded for him back, only to trade him away a season later. Yep. Samsonov yep. was supposed to be their number one guy. He's obviously not in the plans anymore. Right. I mean, this is a team that's so, going to go through a serious rebuild, I think. So, so, but I mean, why, why would you not? I, I, I don't know. I, it's one of those well, I can't on, explain. On first blush, Darcy Kemper, Jack Campbell, like those are kind of the two names I think that that if you're Washington, you're you're going all in on, right? Um, but then, like, I, I sat and thought about it. I'm like, okay, well. Maybe they've got something waiting in the wings, right? Like maybe they've got a young, up-and-coming goalie that that's in their system that you can kind of get behind. And when you look at it, um, no, I mean nothing that's close, nothing really. So uh, the Washington Capitals need to get two NHL goaltenders on their on their um, on their on their roster, and they've only got about nine million dollars to do it. So good luck. I, it, fascinating stuff. Legitimately fascinating stuff. Those are your one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. If you want to go to battle for Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights, Team VGK versus Team Raiders, the charity softball game on Monday, July uh, on July 16th, uh, you're going to want to be caller number three. Caller number three, 702-876-1340. You're a winner to battle for Vegas. We'll wrap it up next. Catching up with Chapman. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. 
You know, uh, one of my follows on, on Twitter is Igor Larionov Jr., and he had a really interesting tweet. Of course, Igor, the son of the great Detroit Red Wing, multiple Stanley Cup winner Igor Larionov the first. Go figure, right? But one of the yeah. tweets from Igor Larionov the second was he was kind of saying that maybe the NHL should look at doing a summer league the way that the NBA does where you gather all these first round and high round draft picks and you put them together and you have like essentially a summer league and it gives an opportunity for teams to see their young players in action, see them against other teams. And I I thought it was a really cool idea logistically. I don't know how you would make it work because obviously you have players from all over the world that would converge and wherever you're doing it, maybe multiple cities, but one of those things that when I saw it, I was like, man, that would be really, really cool, especially if we did it here in Vegas. I mean, I'm all for that, of course, but an NHL summer league mm-hmm. sounds like yeah. it sounds like no, it would be fantastic. No, it's a great idea in that everyone's doing their development camp now or not everybody, but most people. And so if you've got a development camp right after the draft where you're able to sanction some some legitimate scrimmages or maybe you just did it by region or by division, that'd be awesome. I'm all for it the best catching up with Chapman there has ever been Chapman good job well thank you all right we're back with you tomorrow have a great night everybody